Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club Podcast. We're your weekly comic book reading club. We're just like Sue Storm. We love a good read. Reed Richards, Sue Storm's husband, Mr. Fantastic, Sue loves read. We love good reads. Good read is in a common saying, uh, R-E-A-D, something that you read. In this case in particular, comic books. Now you got the motif. Yeah, you may be wondering why we had to go do that and explain it so thoroughly. 500 emails we've gotten from our new catchphrase, just like Sue Storm, we love a good read. So we thought we would just, you know, Get address it, it address Readgate, <laughs> and explain what the bit was. Yeah, was, you know, some people have a really hard time with phonograms. <laughs> is that what that is? I think so. I don't know. I just read comics, man. I don't know nothing about no English. No, that's not right. It's not a phonogram. Someone's now I gotta Google it. Someone's screaming at us through the ether. This is one of my favorite segments of the show, and it's called Fick Googles. (laughs) First (laughs) issue club Googles stuff. While you're doing that, I'll remind everyone, we have an FIC hotline. If you have a question or want to ask uh, or give us a comment, then your voice will be on the episode. That number is 816-579-1734. Data rates do apply. You can text or call. No one from First Issue Club will respond in any way, shape, or form. So if anyone answers that call uh, that you made, you've dialed the wrong number. (laughs) Hang up immediately. And if you call... Leave your favorite homophone. It's a homophone. Da 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 da. Solved. Boring. Uh, again, we're tackling the world's problems, teaching you something new every single week, <laughs> while teaching ourselves something new. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> and we're gonna enlighten you on the comic book news. Um, first, I'm Mike. I'm Greg. And this week, we are the first issue club. The OGs. The, the original two. The last remaining of, of the original cast of characters. R.I.P. <laughs> Vargas is in Texas. He's en route. Wish him well. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets out of there as soon as possible. You survive the experience. Everything is bigger. So they say. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I cannot handle those Texas-sized burgers. Nope. They are too big. Mm. Too big for Too me. much bread. Too big, Daddy. Um, we've I I had there's b- bewildering comic book news this week. This week was a bit of a dumpster fire. Yeah, uh, for a lot of reasons. And this was, um, well, I guess I'll say, big spoilers for Spider-Man twenty six. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it yet mm-hmm. and you want to hear it. I, well, you know what? There's not going to be really many many spoilers because Marvel spoiled it for you. That sucked. A week before yeah. it actually happened. I know. All that stuff leaked, and then I saw the cover. Mm-hmm. The reveal of the secret cover mm-hmm. was more or less what did it. Mm-hmm. And a like large news outlet just used that as the thumbnail for yeah. their headline that was like, Marvel kills off character yeah and i was just like god damn it i was so close damn you entertainment weekly what are you doing (laughs) shots fired we named you by name (laughs) ew it was you you don't see us today pulling this shit (laughs) uh but yeah let's go ahead and 
talk about it. You've yeah. Been warned. So here's the thing. You read it. Yeah. I did not. You did not. Okay. I read the aftermath on social media. And uh, Mike, if I could be so bold, people are mad. <laughs> Pe- yeah. People are mad. And we knew they'd be mad. I think when we were, when they did the preemptive thing that was like, Zeb Wells maybe shouldn't go to cons for like a year after this. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's going to be a huge death if they're saying that. And I just assumed Mary Jane Watson because... Canonically, that would make a lot more of sense. Of course, with Spider-Man's luck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another love of his life is going to kick the bucket. <laughs> um, I will say, too, though... Um, well, we can get into the conversation about Marvel deaths and do deaths really stick, yada, yada. But... Um, in the comic, the way it unfolded, someone was coming after Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. You often forget one of uh, Kamala Khan's superpowers is that she can shapeshift. Mm-hmm. Um, not only does she have like super fists that stretch and she can do her embiggen thing, mm-hmm. she can do that because the primary power is like refolding her body into anything she wants it to appear as. Correct. So she made herself appear to be Mary Jane who a bad guy was after. Right. So, and... first problem, identity theft. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not saying that Kamala Khan should have died because of that. We just need to address it. Yeah, right. Identity I'm, theft. I'm glad you mentioned it. Okay, continue. Uh, and, yeah, so she took the uh, the sword. Oh, it was a sword. Death by sword. Oof. Um, you don't see that. That's personal. Yep, so the first... It would have been an amazing reveal mm-hmm. at the end or like a moment at the end of the comic where you think Mary Jane dies and then oh it turns out it's Kamala the way it was written was great for it to be a twist um, but Marvel can't but, leave well enough alone yeah but Marvel just blew it and it was real like I just imagine there's been a couple moments I've had with comic books where things remained unspoiled for me, and it's just so exciting to like get the comic on that day mm-hmm. and find out what happened. And there's, you know, with deaths not really sticking, there's only so many things you can really like wow people with anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I couldn't tell you the last time I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Not for mainline <laughs> and Marvel like DC shit. A big Marvel DC book. Right. It's easier to do in indies. Mm-hmm. They've been going like 20 issues and then they kill off a big character and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Totally. But like Saga still has the ability yeah, to shock and surprise me. You. Yeah, right. Um, so, repercussions of this. Um, in comics or out of comics? What are you talking I I was my head was immediately going to out of comics. Mm-hmm. I can start with in comics. I'm um, just along for the journey, my man. Kamal has been an amazing Spider-Man, working for Norman Osborn, and has kind of been like bit bopping around, but like not really a big part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a character that people love, but has kind of been a little more sidelined. Recently, mm-hmm. I don't know that I don't think there's been an ongoing Miss Marvel book for at least a year now, right? Yeah, and Does that I sound right. And I don't know if they've completely abandoned the outlawed storyline. Yeah, where all superheroes under the age of was it 18 or 21, like 
can't do superhero shit. Yep. Like there's, it's like kind of like voting. Like you gotta mm. wait till you're 18 to go out and do stuff. So I don't know if they have continued that um, kind of story or if like the what I'm what I'm wondering is is in in MCU and in Marvel Comics, Kamala Khan has different powers. Yeah. In each iteration. Yep. And so I'm wondering if they're just trying to figure out how the hell do we kind of make it more of a cohesive character. Yep. That transcends in comics and in movies. Yeah, one of the things that um we were hashing out on the First Issue Club Discord this week, mm-hmm. someone mentioned that uh Kamala's an inhuman in the comic books mm-hmm. and a mutant in the MCU. Right. And do they do some sort of like Krakoan rebirth thing? Sure. For Kamala, mm-hmm. wherein, yeah, she was an inhuman, but she also had the X gene. So her memory was captured by Xavier without her knowing. And then we're going to like uh, Krakoan egg her and, mm-hmm. and bring her back. Well, I think I've read an article where G. Willow Wilson, who mm-hmm. is, I think, the creator, or one of the creators of Miss Marvel. Yep. The intention was to make her a mutant. Okay. So I don't know if this is going to be the fulfillment of that, like uh, arc, yeah, or like they're just kind of trying to right the wrongs that kind of uh, spilled out from just normal comic book shenanigans. Yeah, right. And they're just going to try to like what what we just talked about is a Krakoan rebirth, wherein she now has powers that are similar to what we're seeing in the MCU. I would not be surprised at all if that happens. I wouldn't either. They're doing a one-shot that's like a Kamala funeral, like goodbye celebration of Kamala's life thing. Okay. (laughs) And I think G. Willow Wilson's (laughs) writing, if not one story, um, the whole thing. I'm not totally sure if it's going to be like anthology style or not. Um, But she's involved in it in some capacity. And... Part of me thinks that maybe they treat this like they did Wolverine, where mm-hmm. you killed off Wolverine and he was gone for a year or so. Mm-hmm. And that death had a big impact that um, even though it's Wolverine and you're like, you can't. Ain't no way. Yeah, ain't no way. He's one of the most popular comic book characters, period. Mm-hmm. Marvel, DC, indie comics, whatever you want to say. Um the but having him gone for a solid year mm-hmm. and then bringing him back felt like a real moment sure because they were like yeah we're really getting rid of wolverine for a while you can look at the solicits <clears throat> there's no wolverine books coming up for the foreseeable future <laughs> and and it made death of wolverine more fun to read knowing that he was going to like yeah. take take a hiatus at least sure and i think they wouldn't be releasing this like goodbye Kamala comic if they didn't plan on having her gone for like at least six months or so. Yeah, because um, as we were talking about on the Discord, someone was mentioning just like the Marvels. Yeah, that movie's coming out. Is going to premiere September? Yeah. Something about, like that? About six months from now. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you really hate to think it's uh, corporate synergy. Yeah. 
that she'll return right around the same time yeah, as this movie's coming out. Yeah, maybe they'll do a big out. rebirth, and it would, I think by now, it would be like four months from now. Okay. When that, by the time that movie comes out. So you could do a big Kamala rebirth, mm-hmm. excitement, new number one, um, that's like, yeah, she's a mutant, and here's some explaining of who Kamala is mm-hmm. again to, yeah, create synergy with the movie. Would not be surprising at all. I think, um, people, so as I mentioned on social media, people were, I, I guess, rightly upset with this because the conversation of, you know, fridging came up, which is like a term that uh, is used in the industry of just like essentially just killing off a character for someone else's character growth. Yeah. Or killing off a character just for the sake of killing a character. Yeah. Like a character needs to die. We're doing this one. Yeah. And, you know, people were, you know, the dialogue was actually kind of, um, you know, uh, enriching and like the the back and forth was actually, you know, a little more civil than when we found out that, uh, <laughs> uh, what's what's Reed Richards' son's name? Oh, Franklin Richards. When Franklin Richards wasn't finds a out mutant. wasn't a mutant, I mean, yeah. I thought Dan Slott was gonna have to move to <laughs> fucking Europe. Like people wanted his head on us yeah. on a stick, right? Um, but the conversation there was a lot just like, you know, why do we allow this to happen, and why is it happening? To Kamala, like the narrative, just like to have it happen to Kamala doesn't really make a ton of sense narratively. And so, like, because she was barely in, I mean, she's been in the Spider Man universe, Mm -hmm. but she's barely been in the comic books. Yes. When she shows up, it's like, oh, yeah, Kamala's at Oscorp. Right. She hasn't been like a mainstay or a a normal character that feels like a part of the Spider Man canon Mm -hmm. that made that death more it maybe could have made that death more impactful Mm -hmm. if you'd been seeing and hearing a lot from her and she had more of an arc yeah she was definitely a background character in spider-man which to maybe zeb wells credit is that made the death even more even more shocking that like sure what it was kamala um Again, I think I, I think we'd be having a completely different like wow moment conversation if it hadn't been spoiled yeah. ahead of time. Also, don't think for a second that this was Zeb Wells' idea. Oh, we uh, we when we talked to Kelly Thompson, it was just like, how did you? We were like, how did you decide Star got would get like a. Uh, infinity stone mm-hmm. and she was like oh oh dear boy yeah <laughs> like some marvel like, editor was just like listen well, we need this to happen yeah, exactly Fucking get us there exactly Zeb. right and like, he's, he gets that email he's like oh fuck yeah like i guess i'm not going to c2e2 this year because right. i'm gonna get mobbed yeah um so 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 keep the zeb wells hate on fucking simmer for a little bit yeah right like and that, keep, and keep in mind that this happens all the time that we kill characters and we bring them back mm-hmm. and it becomes a large part of the mythology and canon of the character mm-hmm. and you can't have these great cool redemption rebirth stories mm-hmm. without killing off the character for a while right. and again like we talk about earned moments and how maybe her death didn't feel earned but it was certainly surprising mm-hmm. but Maybe there's a moment they're working towards that um, will feel especially earned because we'll have had 
Yeah. No Kamala Khan for a little bit. Um, and, and one thing we haven't said out loud yet during this conversation mm-hmm. is that this is a Muslim character. Mm-hmm. Um, and the representation has been huge for people. Oh, sure. Yeah. And that's what I think the, the reason that not only is this like a character that like nerds especially gravitate towards because mm-hmm. Kamala's like a a D and D video game head, like big time nerd calls mm-hmm. her like sizing up power in Biggin, <laughs> which is like if you're a nerd, you know where that comes from. Um so hurts on that front just as like a fan favorite, but two, there's just another layer of it because we as comic book fans and Marvel fans, that's one of the things you kind of love about Marvel is like they made a Spider Man that was black and Hispanic. Yeah. They made an Asian woman. Like, they gave uh, Cindy Moon the same origin story as Peter Parker, and now she is his contemporary, more or less. Mm -hmm. Um, They've done so many things to give you, like, mainline versions of characters that represent different cultures who have historically not seen themselves represented and i heard this story the other day that i'll tell really quickly that just like made me want to cry that um the gal who got cast as the little mermaid oh in sure. the new movie just assumed she was auditioning for another part and was just like oh they mistyped when they offered me the role because she was just like i'm not a white redhead i just like never considered myself like having an inkling of chance of being cast as a lead mm-hmm. in this movie and you're like that's fucked up it had this moment for me that it was just like wow you really you have so many people growing up who are just like i could never be a disney princess and as goofy as that sounds it's like none of us are actually disney princesses but it's really like your childhood heroes and those characters we love are just people who are other and yeah. and not something you can see yourself in. Right. And having Kamala Khan mm-hmm. be an American Muslim character, it's like how many other huge pop culture icon fictional superhero type characters or cartoon characters Mm -hmm. can you name that are muslim that are that popular Mm -hmm. um where i think you have little girls who aren't otherwise really into comics who are dressing up uh, for oh yeah uh, during halloween as miss marvel because they've got that wonderful connection yep so that's another that's just a reason that needs to be said out loud that it's like that's why this hurts and is so shocking mm-hmm. that you it was just one of those characters that seemed untouchable because of these those unique circumstances and how much of like an icon um yep of representation that <clears throat> character has become so definitely hurts but at the same time um just, I don't. I think it's impossible <laughs> that no. this death lasts more than no. six months, and we just have to recognize that mm-hmm. and and know that she's going to come back. And hopefully, that moment seems really earned and cool, and it validates um, no and the, I, the death we got in the and first. And I get place. that because, like, you have this uh, uh, bombastic character 
who dies in someone else's book. Yep. You know, like, like it's not even like she did something heroic in a Miss Marvel book. Yes. She was just a bit player in a, an amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. book and, you know, sacrificed herself for someone else. And it's just like, that doesn't feel earned and it doesn't feel like right for the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'll say it was the way they wrote it. It was a world saving moment. Okay. If uh, the the way it was written was Mary Jane kind of existed as they do this big thing in in Spider Man now that's like yeah he swings from buildings yeah clubs. exactly right so yeah. you yeah you've seen it yes <laughs> I'm, I'm aware <laughs> where like different characters are like you know the spider totem and like hmm. you exist as this like archetype or symbol of something and mary jane for whatever reason in the storyline we won't get into was kind of this like symbol of this religion or god that like they needed her sacrifice Hmm. to bring like the apocalypse naturally and and by killing her they would bring on the apocalypse Mm -hmm. uh kamala (laughs) prevented that death therefore preventing the apocalypse the world was saved by Kamala's sacrifice. Okay. But But the lead up to that but, was just like be, huh? It being like a maybe like a a shorter arc that it was like, oh, there's this bad guy who we just got kind of introduced to four issues ago. Mm-hmm. And then the wrap up of that arc is like, oh, Kamala's here all of a sudden. Oh, she died to save Mary Jane. Right. Um, it doesn't feel as world savey. Mm-hmm. As as it maybe could have, it's, if if they maybe done this during like acts or yeah. like a bigger event or something, you might have been like, just seems convenient, yeah, right. uh, to to serve a mean t- means to mm-hmm. an end. But listen, oh, we also know that the, I mean, the X Men um, rebirthed Captain America recently, so we know it can be. Done. So we know they can hatch anybody in the Marvel universe mm-hmm. anyone can be hatched in like a matter of days. <laughs> yeah. Give it, you know, 5 minutes on 425. Right. <laughs> you got yourself a new Miss Marvel. Yeah, exactly right. It like, you know, as a long-time Daredevil fan, the first death is always the hardest. Yep. But, you know, this is Miss Marvel's first quote-unquote death in the in Marvel universe. Yep. Um Welcome to the club. Welcome. You're really like <laughs> you're, you're you're solidified. You're ingrained now. Yeah, kind more or less, right? Yeah, it's like all the big characters have died and come back. Now um, you now you're a legacy character. Yeah, if yeah. you died and come back, you're a legacy character. That's one way to think about it. <clears throat> so she'll be back. Um, but it 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 has sparked a interesting conversation. Yeah, about how we handle deaths, uh, in comic books and like mm-hmm. what does it mean and like just because we know they're going to come back doesn't mean they have to be frivolous or without thought. Yeah. So I did enjoy that part of it, um, and I'm excited to see the conversation that comes out of this and how she returns inevitably. Yep. I'm almost wondering if it's like a, a Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer thing where they're just in the rafters. Miss <laughs> Kamala Khan's in the rafters watching her own funeral, just like listening to her eulogy, just uh-huh. like, man, people really did miss me. Yeah. <laughs> she just falls through. Oops. Kamala. <laughs> I love it. Oh man! Well, um, not much news other than yeah, that kind of dom- dominated a lot of headlines this week, huh? Um, I went to TowerCon, 
over the weekend. That's right. The mini Kansas City Comic Con mm-hmm. that has uh, officially become the mini con, the, uh, the official mini con of First Issue Club. Yep. Um, <laughs> they're doing another one in September. We're going to be doing a live show during that. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't they, know if I knew that. They gave us the thumbs up. They want okay. us to come out and do that. Cool. They have us a booth set up and stuff. So yep. that'll be great. Uh, so stay tuned in September for that. Um, other than that, I'm ready to get into comics. If you want to get into comics, I do. Okay, it's a reading club after <laughs> all, ain't it? Isn't and really isn't that why we're all here mm-hmm. to talk about what we've been reading and whether or not we liked it? Um, first off, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. I read the Power Girl special by Leah Williams and Joanna Ugh, Starter. How was it? It was good. It uh, it was. I, okay, that oh, that didn't sound convincing. I've and been, I'm sorry. I'll say I've really been looking forward to this book, um, and I've voiced some of that on this podcast before. That I think Leah Williams' voice mm-hmm. is so perfect for a character like Power Girl, for a million reasons that I don't have to get into. Sure, but I also the short of it is. Leah Williams is great at writing characters that feel sexy, love themselves, mm-hmm. like aren't ashamed of um, being uh, babes. <laughs> sure, yeah. And see exterminators. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, I just think she's like the perfect person to reclaim this like historically male gazy, oft forgotten part of the Superman family mm-hmm. that like is like why is this character kind of cast off to the side is it because she's got a certain body type and doesn't necessarily get treated with the proper aplomb that uh, the other Kent family yeah. characters get um, and and that has been directly acknowledged in the backup stories of action comics mm-hmm. where she's continually getting um to work with Supergirl and some other characters and being like, I'm not really welcome though. Yeah. Like let's, you don't have to say it, but we all know it. And seeing her work through her problems in those uh, backup stories and um, kind of mm-hmm. talk about herself a little differently than we've seen her um, be like self-aware before uh, was just like really cool for me to see. And it got me so excited to have a new Power Girl series. Um, and I thought that the one shot is probably going to be a good prelude to like what the temperature or tone of that series is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so I was really looking forward to reading it. You have read it. Yes. You sounded very reluctant and hesitant. No, no, no. I'm wondering why. No, no, no. And it, I apologize because the my response is not <laughs> indicative of how I enjoyed the book. Okay. Because a, a lot of people do forget she's from Krypton. Yeah. She's Kryptonian just like every other member of the Super Family, whether it be Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, Crypto, all of them. Yeah. But that's not really connected through any of her books, really, because she doesn't wear any of the insignia yeah. that the other Super Family wears, mainly because she doesn't feel like she's earned it. Yep. And that book kind of addresses this. And this is a direct fallout from Lazarus Planet. Yes. And 
the where one you, wherein she gets psychic powers. Correct. Which makes her more of like a Jean Grey type, which is cool. Correct. And so she can do like uh, attacks through psychic abilities. Yeah. Um, she can, you know, uh, interact uh, differently than just physical brute strength. Yeah. And so there's some exposition of kind of getting you up to speed of what happened with Lazarus Planet, why all of a sudden she has psychic powers. Yep. And I guess other people also got psychic powers mm-hmm. through the Lazarus Planet event or yes, whatever. Right. And so good guys, bad guys, every, all guys in between. Everyone. <laughs> and so she's dealing with that of like coming in combat with these other new psychic ability yeah. uh, villains, essentially. Yep. You're on the task force now that you've got that in your wheelhouse. Yeah, and so the the long and short of it is, it is basically Power Girl working through her issues of insecurity, yep. of inferiority, um, coming to terms with her new abilities, and kind of her new abilities either malfunctioning or just like going away. Yeah. So we are maybe led to believe that these psychic abilities are temporary mm-hmm. or they're just like not completely honed yet through yep. power girl. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of discussion of just like, I think what really this book was trying to explain was um, what happened in Lazarus planet. Yep. And like what it means to um, redefine yourself. Yes. Like it, uh, it really explores the idea of just like, I know who I used to be. This is who I want to be now. Yeah. And like, that's what Leah Williams does really well. She does these, big complex ideas Mm -hmm. inside of a comic book burrito. Mm -hmm. And so you get your fun comic book story with a lot of great exposition and like great character development. Right. And that's what we're getting with Power Girl. A ton of fucking character development. And it's and it's rad. She's still powerful. She's still, you know, awesome and in your face, but she's also vulnerable now and just like, you know, wearing her heart on her sleeve and uh just trying to fucking figure it out. It makes me wonder if the, when we get to the ongoing, if it's going to continue that arc of self-exploration or if the uh, backup stories and the special mm-hmm. were meant to be the fruition of her being like, I'm owning the new me. Mm-hmm. And then the new book is kind of like new tone of Power Girl. Almost like I'd compare it maybe to Dan Slott's... Um, she-Hulk run. Ah, yeah. Is it Dan- was it Dan Slott? Dan Slott did do She-Hulk. Yeah, so Dan Slott did the She-Hulk that started with, like, She-Hulk's a floozy and, like, got kicked out of the oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Avengers for partying too hard and had to find a new place to live and then gets back into law and um, uh, kind of, like, finds herself again mm-hmm. and reinvents who she is as not just, like, a hokey jokey babe that she kind of was mm-hmm. in the John Byrne comics, which, you know, people love for those reasons. It was fourth wall breaking. I get that. But it was also like a lot of those stories probably wouldn't be told today. <laughs> it was it, it was so tongue in cheek that blood was spilling out of its mouth. Yeah. And there was a hole in the cheek. Yeah, right. And, and I think there's a reason that a lot of people at Marvel, when you go back and hear if you if you've gone to panels and if que- like John Byrne's name ever comes up mm-hmm. nobody liked the guy i think he was abrasive i think he was sexist well it's um, also come out in the last few years he's he's anti trans 
he's that right? he's compared them to like well i won't say it on on the podcast yeah. but he's kind of a shit bag so yeah we, i mean we were just at a um a con and i went to a chris claremont panel and him and roy thomas were like ugh john Byrne. damn if you get chris claremont to be like that dude sucks like <laughs> you must be scum of the earth yeah they were they he was very blunt like we didn't get along didn't like him wow he was like Chris or me, because I was just, like, not having his bullshit. And they were like, Chris. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, go do something else, man. Um, so, Dan Slott did this thing in the first handful of issues of She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Where it was kind of, like, reset button, and then the rest of the story was, like... Sure. Uh, here's the new She-Hulk, who's a very business, like, career-minded person mm-hmm. trying to juggle that with having superpowers yeah and i i just wonder if like we're gonna get more uh if if the next run of power girl is gonna be her finding herself still or if we're gonna jump right into so, like i'm a new ca- character now so here's here's my prediction for that um yeah where, i think based on how this one shot ended you might have some insight where i think power girl is gonna go she's gonna try to repair her relationship with the super family yep she because um, in the book, I don't want to go too far in the book. In the book, there's like a big psychic event around the world. Okay. And like everyone is like in this psychic dream state. Yep. And so Power Girl's just going around real life, reality, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, save people, help people. And she comes across Supergirl's journal. And Supergirl essentially is just like, I know that I am superior to Power Girl, but that just makes her the better person. Uh-huh. Because like, she is more rooted in herself. She knows who yeah. she is. She's like, and she's like, she is pushing herself away from us. And I wish she didn't. Yeah. And so now Power Girl kind of gets that insight of just like, they do want me around. I'm my own worst. I'm getting in my own way. Well, she also feels validated because you're hearing the person say what they think about you, what you knew they think about you mm-hmm. is that they're better than yeah. you. Like, Which, so that's got to feel good to at least like feel validated and not not like constantly gaslit. And I also love the sneaky uh, story, maybe trick that is used in mm-hmm. comics and TV and whatever. Uh, when they stumble across someone's like personal journal uh-huh. and like they just get the quick exposition, just like let's move this fucking story along. Yeah, where right. We can just kind of get it done really <laughs> quick. Um, so I feel like Power Girl now is going to be like, I'm going to open myself up to this. Yeah. And so we'll see more interaction with her and the super family. Yeah. We'll see her either dealing with having psychic powers or losing her psychic powers. Mm-hmm. However, that's going to work its way out. Yep. And I uh, anticipate a lot of fucking kick-ass girl power, power girl <laughs> shenanigans. That's right. With Leah Williams at the steering wheel, I expect nothing less. The, uh, I've always thought power girl was an underpriced first appearance. And oh, my God. Yeah. It's over the last year, it has gone up mm-hmm. because of these backup stories in action comics. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I bought it when I did. Same. I think that's another thing where you're just like, this is a member of the super family, mm-hmm. and there's not many DC first appearances that are attainable, yeah. at least for big characters. Right. Um and if you don't think James Gunn's kicking around the idea of <laughs> putting Power Girl into a movie... Oh, yeah, you gotta be kidding yourself. You're insane. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm glad I'm so stoked I have that book already. Mm-hmm. And I think even though it might be higher priced than normal right now, um, because of that hype of a new story, yeah, it's probably still not a bad time to buy that book because I think it's gonna go up, up, up. Yeah. It's wild what you can get it for, in my opinion. For it's like a seventies book, right? Oh yeah. It was from All Star. Yeah, it's like All Star comics, which like probably stopped in like the. Well, it's one of those things we talked about. Like Squirrel Girl, her first appearance is in a Marvel Holiday Special, Mm -hmm. and like only people who are enthralled and you know really entrenched in comic book bullshit know that like oh that comic is important Mm -hmm. because yeah uh, Power Girl is the first appearance there. Get your Earth Two first appearances. Get them while they're hot, is folks. It, it is Earth 2, right? I think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's such a confusing confusing thing where you're like, which is the first appearance to have? Like Huntress mm. or Earth 2 Huntress? <laughs> it's like a tomato-tomato <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Right. Like they both go on a sandwich. One, one is Helena Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other one is... Wayne Helena. Helena... <laughs> Bob ba- Barton? <laughs> it starts with a B. I think Barton's right. No, Barton no. is Hawkeye. Yeah. Helena something. I don't know. Yeah. Don't My Chemical Romance wrote a song about it. Don't message me about it either. I I have Google too. Um so <laughs> <laughs> you heard this segment early in the episode, so yeah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh so uh, to wrap up Power Girl, yeah. It was great. Mainly its existence was to get you from Lazarus Planet to Power Girl number yeah, one. Yeah, right on. Which is fine. Yeah. You know, it, comic books do that all the time. Yeah. It was a way to get a lot of exposition exposition out of the way. Yeah, right. So, uh, go get it if you want. Is it key reading? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Tell me. You tell me. <laughs> I also read Cat Fight on IDW by Andrew Wheeler in Elias Kronzas. Uh-huh. It is about a... Um, cat burglar, not a really good pet cat burglar. Okay. Um, and he slowly finds out that he is from a long line of cat burglars. Ooh. That has been <laughs> his lineage has been hidden from him by his grandmother. Yep. And like they have to form a um, essentially like an Ocean's Eleven style team. Yeah. Of other cat burglars. Okay. So um, it was fun. It was cool. It was really really cool. Um. IDW is always a risk sometimes with their stuff. <clears throat> I you there was a time mm-hmm. wherein I was like, "Cool, IDW first issues gotta buy." Mm-hmm. And then, why? When would I say that was? Maybe six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, "No thanks, IDW." Sure. I um when I'm doing my pre-orders, which are typically organized by publisher where I buy them from. Mm-hmm. I cruise right on past the IDW section. Yeah, because it's like mostly Sonic and Transformers. Yeah, it's, and yeah mostly licensed other stuff. licensed stuff. And then the new books that they do. They used to do a lot of cool new um, original stories, but they've just kind of faded that it's just like, I can't look through all those IDW variants and bullshit just to find like one book that's probably not good. I agree. Because well, it's like... <clears throat> I, I'm right there with you, Laura. Like IDW used to be a big name for yep. 
indie stuff. A premier indie publisher. <laughs> and it, it sucks that they got kind of swallowed up. Greg, you know what? <laughs> Have God yourself a real cough. Go ahead and do I it. I got it. It's, gotten, it's taken care of. All right. I, I don't you even say want, so. I don't even want to talk about it. It's got taken care of. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, IDW. I got, I got fridged in my own conversation. Uh, it was, So it's a good book. I'm excited to see where it goes. I made Trade Watch yeah. this one um, just because it's easier that way for me. It didn't, it didn't captivate me, yep. captivate me uh, as easily and as much as I would have liked. But what can you do? Not a lot, man. Not not every book's a heater, but this book was <laughs> sizzling. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, I was trying to get some information uh, I was going to share with you. Uh, oh, um, so Transformers, uh, our buddy Lance from Comic Book Keepers, Transformers did leave IDW. Oh, wow, okay. And he said, you can't tell me, but he says, we'll be excited to see where Transformers is going. And it's it's going to be announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, how about that? So, keep your ears peeled and your eyes open. I'm I'm thinking maybe Marvel. Marvel's getting a lot of licensed stuff lately. And like we were saying with all the different production companies that they own and mm -hmm. constantly merge with, mm -hmm. that it's like... Yeah, they almost they own almost everything. Yeah, and for whatever reason, the licensing for published work mm -hmm. has traditionally been separate on a lot of these things, which it probably is for just a lot of stuff in general. Like you do licensing for toys, licensing for comics, licensing sure. for novels, blah 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 blah. Um, but these larger brands have a shit ton of money to buy this stuff back. Oh, and the brands yeah. and the people like tied to those brands have more incentive to go with the bigger company mm -hmm. because they're going to be able to like someone like a Marvel is going to be able to like promote the shit out of <laughs> something like that. Let's okay. Let's just speculate that Transformers is going to Marvel. Yeah, who do we want to write it? That's going to be a fucking steam engine uh -huh. of variants. Of writers, like it is going to obliterate people's mm -hmm. pre-orders, and like you thought, Star Wars number one was a problem. Like <laughs> Transformers back at Marvel is going to fucking annihilate the new cycle. I don't think it'll beat Star Wars with in, with excitement and anticipation. I was thinking sales. I would be. I, I wouldn't be too sure of that. That's the, the Jason Aaron Star Wars number one sold so many copies. With like con initiative variants and stuff like that, that. Well, that was part of it. Was that there was like over a hundred covers for it because there were so mm -hmm. many. Like, and it was one of those things we've mentioned this before, wherein like if you order a certain amount of copies, you can have your own yeah. cover for a lot of Marvel books. Mm -hmm. um, so everyone was doing that for Star yes. Wars stuff. Like every retailer had a retailer exclusive. Mm -hmm. Every con had its own exclusive. Like. Uh, I'm, there's no shade here for Jason Aaron, Jason Aaron Star Wars. It was, yeah. It's a good fucking book, mm -hmm. but a lot of that sales stuff was fueled by retailer incentives their own and, and shit like that. Yeah. Now, like Transformers, not only coming back to Marvel, it, it was it was once at Marvel, yep, and, and now it is back. Uh, I I think there would be a lot of excitement, like the Star the Transformers community 
mm-hmm. at large is a pretty vast community. Now, does that translate into comic book sales? I have no idea. I kind of forget how big of a property it is and how big the movies are, mm-hmm. just because I don't even pay attention to the Transformers movies. Right. They just seem like garbage explosion movies <laughs> that I'm just like, I don't care. They're all this. I've seen one. I've seen them all. Until Transformers merges with the Fast and Furious franchise, <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> I want to see Vin Diesel inside yeah. Optimus Prime going, yeah. it's about family. Yeah. And then like jumping over something. At what point do you think they'd, how many Fast and Furiouses would they have to be to get to that point? I hope, here's what I hope. Because I could see it being Fuck a, yes. a thing they consider. But they're obviously leaning in. One of the taglines for the movie this time around <laughs> had to do with like the absurdity of it. Now the cars can talk. <laughs> I mean, they went to outer space. Yeah. I mean, that was the moment that I was like, this ends with them going to space. <laughs> and like, what do they do after that? And what they did after that was kind of like brought it back down to Earth a little bit. They started stealing DVD players again. <laughs> just, back to their roots. They just reset. Push the reset button. It's Honestly, it's either Transformers or fucking Vin Diesel driving fucking Lightning, Lightning McQueen around. <laughs> In like like Fast and the Furious fifteen, like where, where uh, uh, no because it needs to be time travel. The Vin, like he needs Vin's, to find the the uh uh what is that fucking car from uh Back to the Future? The yeah, what are those called? I keep wanting to call it DeLorean. the Mandalorian. The, the, the Mandalorian. The, you know my man, my Mandalorian. <laughs> the doors go up. That has to be a meme somewhere where someone's made a Mandalorian. We just, we just made it look like Boba Fett. Um, yeah, I think Vin Diesel and his signature deep gravelly voice talking with Optimus Prime and his signature deep gravelly voice. Yeah. Just the two of them going back yeah. and forth like this the entire movie would be fantastic. Optimus Prime. It's about family. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Autobots. Let's get those DVD players. <laughs> the n- <laughs> Transformers, hawking all your shit. The new one has the... The, the animal? animal ones. Yeah. The I Beast Wars. Beast, is that what... They're, there's Beast something. Yeah. Um, and then the one before that had the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Dinobots. Dinobots, that's right. Beastformers. Here's my thing. Do those do those creatures have souls? Yeah. Like, do they go to church? They're just like... I think we're meant to... Every Sunday they put on a suit and tie. I think we're meant to believe that the all... Like they're the sp- true angels? That the... <laughs> the biblically, uh-huh. biblically accurate angels is actually like an Optimus Prime. I, I think we're meant to believe that the all spark can gift mm-hmm. sentience to these things. Yeah. I don't totally remember like the arc or explanation of those things because it's almost yeah. like, well, don't even try to explain it. They're robots that can talk. I don't mm-hmm. fucking care. Do your explosions and I'll be fine. Yeah. The, where those movies suffer is they try to make like, they try to make them like deep and emotional mm-hmm. and it's like, we don't care. Make them more like Fast and the Furious where it's just like, fun! Yeah. Oh my god, a robot car just like <laughs> went through a building and like 
Yeah. Did like went leave... through a building that's also a robot. <laughs> yeah, right. Like leave the Mark Wahlberg drama and contemplative scenes yeah. out of it. Like we don't we don't need that part. Save that for A24. But I do think it's the all spark gives them like a soul. Okay. Wow. So many questions. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my son, Theodore, loves Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. And I'm just like, where the fuck do these things come from? Like, do they procreate? Like, are they, is this like a magic trick? Uh-huh. Like, like, did a witch come and like just tap these trains just waiting sentience? for him to be like, can I, can you have a baby with a machine? Right. And like, <laughs> that's why like, I'm always like, I, I, I'm so fucking stupid like uh, i can't just enjoy the kids show i'm just like mm-hmm. do they kiss like what happens here like do they eat food yeah uh, and like do they breathe obviously like they need to survive somehow it is one of those things where if you like i feel like if i had no context for thomas the train engine and you showed me that moon face mm-hmm. on a locomotive i would be like that's a horror movie mm-hmm. where like someone has been like human centipeded to machinery. <laughs> right. Right. Or like this is like Tusk, but with instead of like walruses, <laughs> it's with like locomotives. It's like some kind of like Lovecraftian <laughs> yeah. like mashup. It it does look just like an aberration or an affront to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the all spark has clearly left this thing. Like this is like a this is like a you know, repercussion from like a Hellraiser thing. Right. Just like, oh, you love trains. Now uh, you will become one. Uh huh. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how we got on all that, but boy, am rough, I glad we did. Rough business. Um, and that's all the comics I read for the week. All right. Well, we did it again. We've been a club. We yep. talked about two first issues and one twenty sixth issue. I hope you enjoyed the ride. Don't forget, if you want more First Issue Club, go to patreon.com slash Club. Remember, you can get a seven-free-day trial of either tier to see if you enjoy the Patreon content. We hope that you do and decide to stick around longer. You can find us on all the social medias that are available. Uh, we are sadly no longer on, um, what's that one that I always make fun of? <laughs> Like a podcasting platform? No, it's uh, the one where like people put their resumes. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. We got kicked off of LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, we got kicked off of LinkedIn because apparently our <laughs> resume was so shitty. It wasn't businessy enough. <laughs> uh, FirstIssueClub.com is our website. All our episodes are there. Until next week, don't forget to bag and board them. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Lichtig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.